0: Yeah, you know, I don't I don't have a car and I definitely don't have a pickup truck, but if I did, I would get those hanging nuts oh, yeah. in in bull's red and it would be labeled de Balzac.
1: what's up nerds it's basketball welcome to horse a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses my name is mike schubert and i'm joined by my trusted co-host the me eking out a win against you in one-on-one to you absolutely walloping me in one-on-one a couple minutes later it's adam amawala adam how's it going more like adam
0: mama wallop
1: you did make mincemeat of me in our second (laughs) one-on-one But uh, we still split, you know? It doesn't matter if you lose by an inch or a mile.
0: Yeah, whatever the discrepancy may be, it was still a 1-1 split. And I think that's probably (laughs) healthiest for our relationship and and for the future of this podcast.
1: Probably because if it wasn't even, whoever won more games would be stunting right now. And now we are just even keeled and happy. And I'm also just happy for your success that you'll talk about in her that actually happened, which people may have seen on social media, which is very, very cool about what happened at the Knicks game. But we'll get into that later. Before we get into the Teal Memorial locker room, I did have a quick check in. Your Bulls are doing very well. I've seen a potential nickname being thrown around for the Bulls for DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine.
0: Ah, uh, Zach.
1: Yes, the potential nickname is DeBall. Zach. And I just (laughs) wanted to gauge your interest on this because I didn't think Sexland could be topped when the fans of the Cleveland Cavaliers gave Darius Garland and Colin Sexton that glorious nickname. But DeBalzac is pretty good.
0: DeBalzac is the best thing I've heard since I was in college. Uh, And there was a local election, and the person running, their last name was Ball, and their running mate was Cox. And so there were Ball Cox signs all over the place. And college students, being college students, kept stealing them from people's lawns, which is a crime. So that became a, a real point of contention like, hey everyone, we know this is funny. Also, please stop taking signs from people's lawns to hang them in your dorm rooms.
1: But hey, you know, it's some sort of statistic that sometimes people just vote for the silliest name in small local elections. So maybe maybe that was the, the factor behind picking the running mate. It's you know? totally
0: possible. Uh, as for DeBalzac, I have just become aware <laughs> of this recently. And listen, if the Bulls keep playing the way they have been playing, you can call them whatever the hell you like. I don't care. <laughs> I am absolutely beating myself up for not drafting DeMar DeRozan because he is probably one of the top fantasy players in basketball right now. Not only is he putting up gigantic points, but the efficiency is ridiculous. Every game, it's like he's you know 15 of 21 or whatever from the field. There was a kind of Jordan-esque fadeaway that DeMar had in the Bulls-Lakers game, which was so devastating to the Lakers that they will now no longer be known as the Staples Center, but rather the crypto.com arena. We'll get to that later as well. But there's a great clip of Zach Levine reacting to that as he runs back down the floor and just doing that kind of patented stink face of like, God damn. So, (laughs) DeBalzac playing quite well. Bulls had back-to-back wins at the Clippers and at the Lakers. And this is notoriously a trip that happens every single year for the Bulls because in November, the circus comes to town. Uh, I don't love circuses, by the way. Circuses weird me out.
1: I've never been, but I have no interest to attend one. I think the closest I would get to that would be Cirque des Soleil, which feels more like gymnastics and acrobatics.
0: Yeah, the closest I'm going to get to a circus is going to a Brooklyn Nets game this year. But Hey-oh. anyway, <laughs> every single year, for as long as the Bulls have played in the United Center, the Ringling Brothers Circus or whatever it is, comes to town for like two weeks in November and that is when the Bulls have their West Coast road trip. And historically, other than the Jordan years, the Bulls just lose every game. Like, they'll go out to the West Coast and be like 1-7, and seven, and then come home with their tails between their legs. And in this case, the Bulls lost to the Warriors, which, you know, the Warriors are very They're good. They're the best team in very, basketball very, very right now. very good. And then have beaten the... Clippers and Lakers on a back-to-back night in a pretty impressive fashion. So I, I'm i pretty excited. I got to see your Knicks pull out a very impressive victory in person a couple days ago. So reasons to be excited all around.
1: Yeah, it's funny that the Bulls have that set thing where they have to go on a road trip. I recently learned that the Connecticut son of the WNBA have to do that. They always start the year on a road trip because there's some big car show Mm. that happens in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Arena where they play so a former Connecticut Sun player was talking about this on a podcast and it's just so interesting she said yeah we always started the year in a funk because we would always have to play our first however many games on the road and that's always harder than playing at home that could be a future three on three is just the weirdest reasons that teams are not allowed to play in their home arena just like how we covered how the WNBA team the New York Liberty had to play in Radio City because of the Republican National Convention Uh, one time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there are
0: also (laughs) stories of things where obviously when there are multi-purpose stadiums, it's tough to balance if a certain team makes the playoffs. And I feel like there have been times where a different team just banks on the other team that plays. there not making the playoffs. And then they go on some epic run and then they're trying to balance who gets the stadium which night or if it's like a basketball and hockey team share a stadium. So it's very interesting. I think that would definitely be a good three on three for sure. By the way, as you know, you and I are going to a Bulls Knicks game six months from now. I kind of feel like I need some sort of DeBalzac t shirt.
1: Ooh, yeah. Something you did mention Zach Levine making a stank face. So maybe yeah. something like DeBalzac putting DeStank on you or something. That would be a very appropriate shirt to wear in more than just one location. <laughs> Okay, I think we've legally said Balzac too many times. (laughs) So let's move on to Teal Memorial Locker Room so
0: we can take a shower. Yeah, I think we need to. And this is a particularly meaningful Teal Memorial Locker Room because this is the first time that I have said the phrase Teal Memorial Locker Room after having met Teal in real life. Yes. Teal and her partner came to my show in Atlanta. I was doing the Red Clay Comedy Festival. They drove like three hours in terrible traffic to see me perform in a bagel shop, humble brag. Uh, it was actually a very fun show. the The festival was great, but yeah, I got to meet Teal. Uh, Teal was wearing her horse jersey, which wasn't even mm-hmm. weather appropriate, but still a big commitment. Uh, lovely person. It was it was awesome, and I I know you you've met Teal uh, as well, and it does mean a lot to us when when people come out and and support us either for horse related things or our personal endeavors. So. I do very much appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Teal will just do this where you'll be doing a live show for something and then Teal will not have told you that she's driven three plus hours to see you and then she's just in the front row and you take the stage. It's like, wait a second, Teal, why are you here? Like she yeah. did it for one of the recent Potterella shows. Maybe it was the Philly one. I don't know, but it's like, what are
0: you doing here? <laughs> it was it was really cool. And uh, in the interest of that, and usually we don't self-promote too much, but I do want to let you know right now, yes, uh, as you're listening it. to this on November 22nd or whenever you do, that I have some shows coming up in person. So if you feel comfortable going and also if you are vaccinated because that is the rules to get into these shows, um, I will be at Stand Up New York, uh, headlining on Tuesday, December 30th. Then I'm going to be recording my album at Zanies in Chicago, December 3rd and 4th. Uh, and then I will be at the Stress Factory in New Jersey, December 22nd, which is a Wednesday. And lastly, I am thinking of doing a free virtual show as like a run-through Ooh. for my album recording, just to get one more time to get those words out yeah, of my yeah. mouth. So I will make sure to have us post about that on the Horse page. But if anybody is around and can come to any of these in-person shows, that would be amazing. And if you do please uh, introduce yourself uh, I, I know some of you Chicago people have uh, have mentioned that you might be trying to come that is my news. Self-promotion over.
1: Do it, do it. Go to his shows. So now let's go to the Teal Memorial Locker Room where we can get centered and get ready to talk about more basketball things. You know who's always ready to talk about basketball things?
0: I feel like it's got to be our patrons.
1: It's our patrons. So shout out to our producer level patrons, always ready to talk about basketball. Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Harwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shubu doo Godzilla Got Busy, Steph Curry for three. Bang! He sells seashells. Leron James, Matt Barger, NBA legend Robert Zachary, No Jazz, No Pizza, Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kiyoshi, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Anna Bourgetli, Mitch Chrysler. Bang! Bang! Brown men can jump. Jimmy Butler for two. Long-suffering Timberwolves fan. Sorry, it seems like you're suffering again. Uh, (laughs) Roast beef debris. Cade the Conqueror. Basketball is life too. Michaela Loves Allison. Ginger Spurs Boy. Denver Steam Nuggets. And Breezes. Now, you may have noticed that one name was missing, and that was Christ Paul. Christ Paul said they were unable to be a patron, but it's okay, because the reason that Christ Paul is no longer a patron is that they got engaged and they want to save money for a wedding which is super dope and you know what sometimes that happens sometimes you have to leave your producer level status because either something big that is good or bad happens and that's totally okay just know even if you only support us for one episode or even if you just listen to the podcast we love you forever and anything else is just above and beyond we're glad that you're just here hearing us say these words right now
0: It is kind of perfect timing, though, because as you mentioned, the continued suffering of long-suffering Timberwolves fan, Christ Paul, aka Chris Paul in real life, did Anthony Edwards dirty the other day. And we will put the (laughs) clip to this. Did you see this? I did not, know. Oh my gosh. So- Chris Paul's coming down on a fast break and he does this move where there's someone running behind him and he dribbles the ball between his legs, looking like he's going to pass it behind him and then grabs it from behind him and continues to the basket. And Edwards bit so hard. It's probably the best fake I've seen in the NBA this season.
1: That's fantastic. We will obviously put a link to that on the episode page of horseweeps.com but we also have a sponsor for this episode of Horse and that is Take Line, another great basketball podcast. Sports, culture, takes. Take Line has it all. It's a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Concepcion and two-time WNBA champion Renee Montgomery. It's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and stories that run both on and off the court. You can subscribe to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. What's also very cool is that Renee Montgomery is also a part owner of the Atlanta Dream. So you get to hear someone talk about what it's like to run a WNBA team and also be a good person at the same time because she's not one of those Kelly Loeffler types. She's very cool and it's interesting to hear a down-to-earth person similar to Sarah Spain in our last episode talking about being a part owner of the Chicago Red Stars. So you get some cool insight and it's a good podcast. I approve of it. I genuinely listen to it. It's called Take Line. Check it out.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I think after we did the the episode about the Atlanta dream, we got some feedback letting us know that it's actually pronounced Kelly Leffler. And what makes me most oh. excited about that is knowing that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think that's fantastic. I'm glad that we mispronounced her name for an entire segment devoted to her. <laughs> that's the, that makes it even better. I'm much more proud of our work. Same. Also, before we leave the Teal Memorial locker room, we just want to thank Multitude for having us as a part of the collective. There's a bunch of fun podcasts on Multitude, one of which that you may enjoy is Join the Party it's a collaborative storytelling role-playing podcast powered by the rules of Dungeons and Dragons in the first campaign they explored fantasy adventure intrigue magic and drama and in the new story they are tackling science superpowers a better future and the responsibility to help others it is run by a whole bunch of lovely multitude folks Eric Silver is the DM Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin and Julia Shaffini are all players Brandon does the sound design it's a really fun time each month they also sit down for the after party where they break down the game and they answer your questions about how to play play Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games. So if you have wanted to get into D&D, but you have no idea what you're doing, Join the Party can be a great way to do so. It's a party. You're invited. You can search for Join the Party in your podcast app, or you can go to jointhepartypod.com. And with that complete, we can now launch into full court press. Get it like the news. hmm Okay, so there's two bits of news. Both are sad, but one is funny sad and one is genuinely sad. Do you want funny sad or genuine sad first? Let's
0: start genuine sad to get the unpleasant stuff out of the way.
1: Sure. Genuine sad. You may have heard some rumblings about this, but there is currently an investigation being launched into the owner of the Phoenix Suns, longtime terrible person, Robert Sarver. Everyone has known this guy has been a terrible person for a very long time. It is similar to the Donald Sterling Clippers situation where before an investigation was launched, zero people were surprised. But now there's been an investigation launched and Baxter Holmes of ESPN released a very thorough article about this investigation. He interviewed a lot of people. 70 current and former Suns employees came forward to discuss claims of misogyny, racism, sexism. There are claims of having an HR department that fires people who come forward. We will put the link to this article. It's It's certainly worth a read if you are okay digesting some of this stuff at the episode page of horseweeps.com. They're currently looking into it. It's not going to have any sort of decision for a while. It's not going to be a quick turnaround by any means. There's just lots of terrible things in there. Not
0: great. And this is not to say that an individual accusation shouldn't be taken seriously. But when it is to this level where there are 60, 70, 80 employees from various departments, not even really who work with one another, describing a level of toxicity in a workplace that seems very consistent. It seems pretty hard to overlook. One thing that I found interesting, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that to this point, Suns head coach Monty Williams and Suns GM uh, James Jones have not come out and said anything negative about Robert Sarver. In fact, I believe Monty Williams said that his relationship with Sarver is one of the reasons that he chose to coach the Suns. Am I wrong on that?
1: No, you are correct. Unfortunately, the coach, GM, and players have all taken either the, I don't think that these claims are true, or that's not the Robert Sarver that I know, which is always the worst when these kind of things happen is, oh, this person's never been mean to me individually.
0: I'm just waiting to hear what
1: a good Christian is. (laughs) That's usually (laughs) the other thing. But yes, he's been good to me, so clearly he couldn't be mean to anyone else in the world. Right, But- maybe those people are in a bit of a tricky situation where if they said anything, they would get immediately fired. But if you read the article, what it seems like is these folks are not currently speaking out, but some people anonymously who currently work for the Suns are speaking out. And then some past employees are speaking out. Very notably, Earl Watson, who is a former head coach, gave a lot of quotes and a lot of stories and put his name behind all of them, which is A ballsy move. Yeah. You would think Earl Watson is trying to be in the position of getting hired by another NBA team and speaking out might make other people not want to hire him because here's a fun news flash. In case you didn't know, most of the owners in the NBA and basically in any sports league are bad people. They're bad people, they're super rich, and they don't like hiring people that could potentially hold them accountable because, oh no, what would happen if a billionaire was held accountable? So he's certainly hurting his future job prospects, but huge shout out to Earl Watson for speaking up. And also in this article, you'll see people cite specific stories, and then Baxter Holmes says, 12 people confirmed this story or six people reiterated this story. So it's not just a he said, she said. It's a dozen people said.
0: Right, and a lot of people who don't even work for the Suns anymore and don't really have anything to gain by saying it. Exactly.
1: So we'll see what comes of it. It's going to be a long investigation. I don't have high hopes in Robert Sarver actually getting dismissed here. He'll probably just get slapped with a big fine and he'll do one of those things where he'll take a year off. It's funny, on TakeLine, they actually predicted this. Unfortunately, I think their prediction is spot on where they think he'll take a year off, he'll hire a woman of color to be some high position of power, and then he'll come back and try to act like everything is okay and just try to stay out of the limelight. And unfortunately, I think that is the most likely scenario.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think there'll probably be some sort of fines. There was one incident in particular that I saw Baxter Holmes talking about on an interview on Outside the Lines on ESPN, uh, and we can put a link to this as well, where one of the allegations against Robert Sarver is that he was passing around a photo of his wife in a bikini to other employees. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, what are we supposed to do with this? Like, This is not appropriate. And Sarver <laughs> claims that that incident occurred and is being completely mischaracterized because in actuality, his wife had received a bathing suit from some company. And in his words, he wanted to show the photo so that other son's employees could see what the bathing suit looked like and decide if they wanted to sell that type of bathing suit in the Suns team store. And that is the most lie-ish sounding lie I've ever heard. Like, what the hell?
1: I also believe that the people who came forward about this bikini story said that he was also bragging about certain things he would do with his wife in terms of a
0: sexual nature. And not like going apple picking. No. Other things. (laughs)
1: But yeah, he's basically denied everything except for one instance. He said that there was one instance where he said the N-word but he was quoting another player telling a story. So he was just trying to share, oh, so-and-so said this, and then he actually said it. He has taken a very, all of this stuff isn't true stance. The Suns have released multiple press releases saying that this is not true. They've sent multiple letters to ESPN saying, shut this down, all that. But even in the story here, and I'll just, we'll leave it with this like particular example, which will give you kind of a sense of what's going on. Earl Watson told a story where there's a player who got a technical foul and apparently using the N word in language towards the referee was part of the reason why the player got the foul. So in the coach's locker room, After the game, Sarver was complaining about this player getting a technical foul for using the N-word towards the referee, saying the actual N-word. And Earl Watson, the coach, said, you cannot say that. And Earl Watson is black and Hispanic, and Robert Sarver's white. And Robert Sarver then said, why can't I say N-word? Draymond Green says N-word all up and down the court. Well, hey, Robert, what's the difference between you and Draymond Green? It's a pretty, pretty quick answer. Now, Robert Sarver denies the claim, saying that he instead was trying to defend the player for their right to say the n-word like Robert over basically was like nah i was talking with the player about how it wasn't fair that he got the technical foul and then the player who i believe remained anonymous said no that didn't happen so it's weird that like he's denying some of these things and then telling these other stories and then people are then denying his denials where story a happens (laughs) robert sarver says no it's story b and then person is saying no 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 story a did happen and story b is super false it's a mess but if you want to learn more about it there's a very good and very thorough article and obviously we'll keep you all posted about whatever updates happen but yeah that's a sad Sad, sad news.
0: It is, yeah. I also saw a video from TMZ Sports of someone harassing Baron Davis at the airport asking for him to comment on Robert Sarver. And all he says is, Robert Sarver's a piece of shit. Don't talk to me about no damn Robert Sarver. (laughs) And then flips off the cameraman because he's tired.
1: (laughs) Baron Davis, one of the top personalities on horse. I love Barrett Davis. I'm sad that he and Laura Dern seem to not be together anymore, but maybe they can rekindle that love. Okay, funny sad thing before we close full court press. The Lakers, who have had their very famous arena, the Staple Center. The Staple Center has been the staple center for so long. It's
0: been a staple of the basketball community.
1: Hey, it's one of those things that it's just become such this anonymous thing. Sometimes brand names do so well and have been around a stadium for so long that people do not have a negative association with it.
0: Wrigley Field. Baseball reference.
1: Wrigley Field is a, that's a brand name? Gum, dude. Oh, the gum. Oh my God. Yeah, man. Wow. It's
0: like one of the original corporate sponsorships, but people forget it because it just doesn't have that association.
1: Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Yankee Stadium, which has always just been Yankee Stadium. And shout out to Double
0: Mint Gum. (laughs)
1: Uh, Now, the Lakers had Staple Center for a very long time. It has reached we don't care about this brand sponsorship status. However, that will all change on December 25th. Merry Christmas, because the Staple Center is now the Crypto.com Arena.
0: I just, (laughs) and you can only buy tickets with Bitcoin.
1: (laughs) Oh God, I hate it. I mean, look, if you're a crypto person, whatever, I am very thankful that I have not been into that. My brief foray into crypto was that in college, I got $5 free of Bitcoin because I signed up for something with my .edu email address. Yeah. And this was in 2013 or 2014. And then when crypto did its first big thing where it went to 12,000 and then plummeted in twenty. 2016? 2015? I... Was like, oh wait, I had five dollars worth of Bitcoin, and then it was now worth eight hundred dollars. So I was trying to get my account back, but because it was in my .edu thing, when I tried to log in, they said you haven't logged in in four years or whatever. We've sent a password reset to your email. Well, of course, I didn't have access to that email anymore because I graduated. No. So then I had to fill out multiple forms and stuff, and it took like two months. But then I finally got it. The price had then dropped from what was eight hundred dollars worth of crypto to four hundred and fifty. But I still made four hundred fifty dollars off crypto for doing nothing. And then I've been out of the game, baby. I don't even want to bring it up, (laughs) but what could you have made if you had just sat on it? Oh, uh, I think probably because now it's at like 60,000. So probably six times $800. Mm. So, yeah, a a pretty penny. But you know what? I've never contributed to the bad stuff that crypto does. But yeah, they're going to be the crypto.com arena. Um, And and also, uh, let me make sure it is arena because... Isn't it? I also find it weird that it's Staples Center and now Crypto.com Arena. Like it makes it feel even grosser that they were like, no, 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 we also want to change the second part of it right. too. Like it, it's not the crypto.com center. I don't know. It, it's like so stark. The dot com is gross in there. It's apparently the most expensive licensing deal of any arena, which makes sense, but how are
0: they gonna make the payment? Oh. <laughs> a check, a personal I, oh. check.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, they're gonna just pay and in- cash oh but oh my god much
0: much like-, like the sport of cricket i have just resigned myself to the fact that i will never understand crypto no matter how many times it is explained to me
1: Cricket is coming to America. The 2024 World Cup is going to be in the U.S. And Polly Burridge, longtime producer level patron of Horse, Australia won. So I sent her a message saying congratulations. And she was like, you should get into cricket. It's fun. And you should root for the West Indies team. They're exciting. Mm. So we'll see if I become a West Indies cricket fan.
0: Well, cricket is big in India. And my dad has explained it to me before. And I just cannot retain the information. I know you hold on to the bat. And there's wickets (laughs) and bowlers. And no one uses gloves and they break their fingers all the time, catching what is basically like a lacrosse ball.
1: Mm -hmm. I do know that they use heat sensors to determine if a ball hit you or not, which is really cool. That's very cool. There's a bunch of tech in there. Yeah. So that's fun. Yes. Okay. I have confirmed. I did Google this in an incognito window because I did not want this to be in my search history, (laughs) but it is the crypto.com arena. And. Look, I I am certainly not a Lakers fan by any means. I love to see bad things happen to the Lakers because I think their fan base can be very full of themselves. Apologies if you're a Lakers fan. I'm sure you're one of the good ones, but for people to have to say we're here at the Crypto.com Arena, it brings me so much joy. Like that is peak Schadenfreude or however you pronounce that German word that means laughing at the misfortune of others. It's going to be great for everyone that is not a Lakers or a Clippers fan.
0: Well, but the thing about it that's interesting is that certainly the announcers will have to say Crypto.com Arena, but everyone else is just going to keep calling it Staples. Yeah, And that always makes me wonder, is it worth the money? Like The best example of this I can give is that the Sears Tower in Chicago is now Mm -hmm. called the Willis Mm -hmm. Tower. But no one in Chicago ever uses that term. They just call it the Sears Tower. Now, it makes sense that Sears would no longer have a tower. They don't even have stores. Right. But (laughs) no one calls it the Willis Tower. So is the sponsorship really worth it? I'm very much that way with baseball stadiums where like I will just refer to them as whatever they first were. I think of San Francisco as Pac-Bell. I don't think of it as whatever it is now. I think of... It's changed multiple times. Seattle is... I think of Seattle where you used to live as Safeco. I don't think of it as T-Mobile Park. The The real thing that's wild that is kind of getting buried in this story is that the Bulls on the day after Christmas are changing their name from the United Center to the Spirit <laughs> Airlines Arena, which is really surprising. Wait,
1: are they are they actually or is this? Yeah, and
0: they're going to charge you for everything and they're going to double the seats and there's going to be much less leg room.
1: Now it feels like it's more of a joke, yeah, but a I, joke. I, I honestly would joke. believe it. OK, good, because, uh, yeah, Uni- United Center is another one. It's been that for a while.
0: It's going to hold 40,000 and you <laughs> you'll have no leg room. <laughs> well, it's actually one of the
1: it's like what Spirit does where you, the, the ticket is only twenty dollars. But then once you get to the arena, they go, oh, to sit in your seat, you have to pay $100. And did you print out the ticket on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper? Otherwise, you cannot go.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's not altogether different from the stadium going experience, if we're being honest. Jeepers creepers. But
1: yeah, Crypto.com Arena, sad trombone. (laughs) (laughs) lols, And now we conclude full Core press get it like the news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. So sometimes in life, there are moments that happen to you where after they have happened, you say to yourself, did that actually just happen? (laughs) And this is one of those moments. I had the opportunity to go to a Knicks Pacers game uh, on Monday, November 15th. I went to a Knicks Pacers game, which also resulted in a very unfortunate autocorrect where I was texting a friend of mine who's a Knicks fan. uh, And I told him that I would be rooting for the Knicks because I have no particular love for Indiana. But my phone decided to say that I have no particular love for Indians, which I don't know if that's like a thing, self-hating Indians. I'm not one of them. I just want to be clear (laughs) that it's really that I just don't like the Indiana Pacers.
1: Autocorrect is wild and I need to figure out a way i know that you can do a thing where you can automatically say if you type some sort of combination it'll auto correct it to something else Mm -hmm. i need there to be a way to tell my phone please don't make this auto correct because that's never happened to me but like yeah i get it the a and the s are right next to each other on the Keyboard, but it's one of those things where it's like, this is a very risky autocorrect. It would be much easier and much safer if you were trying to talk about Indians, but it accidentally said Indiana. (laughs) Because that's an autocorrect where you go, haha, I did not mean the state name, I meant the people of India. There, the number of times I try to type new, like New York or New Years, and it corrects it to Jew is alarming. (laughs) I don't know why my phone decides to do this, but there's many times where I'm like, oh yeah, I just got some new shoes. And it'll say, Oh yeah, I just got some Jew shoes. And I'm like, iPhone you you need to stop. This is not okay. That's the thing like autocorrect. Look look at this sentence. Come on, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, for for something that can be so intuitive a lot of the time. Real swing and miss there. So anyway, A friend of mine named Gavin uh, came into some free Knicks tickets. I'm very appreciative uh, of Gavin for inviting me, knowing that I'm a Bulls fan. But I I told him that I would root for the Knicks uh, because, as I have stated, (laughs) even if my phone doesn't want me to, I do not like the (laughs) Indiana Pacers. Um, That goes all the way back to the Reggie Miller team of the 90s, whom you also hated. The Bulls did not get along very well with them either. So we go to the game. And as it turns out, the Knicks, like any other team, have some sort of hype crew. The people who shoot t-shirts into the stands, that sort of thing. Call
1: them by their legal name, the 7th Avenue Squad. Are you kidding me? No, that's their name. I think they just started calling themselves that this year. Bing bong! (laughs) That is absurd. It's a good It's a good name, though. I like that they are named after the street that the arena is on, and it's not something like the Squarespace Squad, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. The
0: Crypto Squad. Oh, God. The Crypto.com Gang of Friends. Side note, I do love that the Nets dancers are called the Brooklyn Nets. That's pretty good. That's pretty good,
1: except the team is... I mean, they're playing really well even without Kyrie yeah, Irving. I, as much as I want to dunk on him, Kevin Durant
0: is a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So anyway, the. 7th Avenue squad, is that what you said? Yeah, 7th Avenue squad, baby. Evidently, the 7th <laughs> Avenue squad, when there are contests at the game, it is the job of a few of these employees to go up to people at the stadium and ask if they would be interested in doing a contest. We were approached and, and were asked if we wanted to do a contest potentially. My friend Gavin did not. I did. Uh, my friend Gavin is black and growing up together, especially in a very white place like Hillsboro, New Jersey, he would often get picked very early in pickup games and everyone would be disappointed. Um, he would tell people, he's like... <laughs> I am a football player. I'm not a basketball player. Please don't pick me. Uh, and yet he would get picked early. Uh, but he was like, I love the Knicks and I don't want to be embarrassed on the floor at MSG. Uh, yeah. But Adam, if you want to do it, do it. So I signed up for it. And I guess they they get a bunch of people to sign up because they don't know if people are going to drop out or they're going to get drunk in the first half and not want to do it. Right. And I get a text uh, towards the end of the second quarter saying like, you're in stay in your seats and we'll come get you at halftime.
1: Amazing. So quick question. First off, what section were you in? Because I'm now going to only buy tickets in this <laughs> section.
0: I was in section 418. So it was like okay. behind one of the baskets in the in the top section. And unrelated, but kind of related, MSG is so good. MSG is so much better it's perfect. than Barclays. Like if you're in the upper deck of Barclays, you might as well not go to the basketball game. You're looking down at such a steep angle that it's just ridiculous. MSG, even those quote unquote cheap seats really good like you're not that far from the yeah. court it's just it's a it's a nice eyeline
1: it is a wide arena and right. that was the same thing that made Oracle really good in Oakland. It's wide but now all these new stadiums they're built that they, it costs too much to get more blocks of land. Right. So people just make very vertical stadiums and it's awful. So yes there's not a bad seat in MSG. It's fantastic. Right. So When they approached you, did they tell you that it was specifically going to be a basketball one or did they just say it's going to be a thing? Because sometimes it's like trivia or
0: no, they specifically they said that it was a skills challenge which uh, very much piqued my interest. Hell yeah. And they, they were looking for people who actually, you know, claimed that they could play basketball. That was a little surprising to me because I was like, oh, why, wouldn't they want someone who sucks so that then they don't have to give them the prize? But I think they just want it to be entertaining. Like if, if somebody keeps mm-hmm. dribbling the ball off their foot, it's not going to be fun entertainment for anyone. So they want people who claim to, to actually be decent basketball players. So halftime comes around. The employee has, has come up to grab us. Now we are taken into the bowels of Madison Square Garden. So we're like Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, underneath, uh, next to where the court is. And who walks past us but Simu Liu, star of Shang-Chi. Wow. And one of my favorite shows that a lot of people haven't seen called Kim's Convenience. It was a Canadian show that is hilarious that's on Netflix. Um, But he is hosting SNL this week and is also a movie star. And he and his buddy just like walk right past because that's where famous people get to come in and out of. So that was pretty cool. And uh, then we're back there. I have to fill out all this paperwork, signing my life away to James Dolan, like 20 pages of of paperwork, you know, signing waivers for if you get hurt on the court, COVID release, all that sort of thing. And then they walk me through what the contest is going to be. So it was pretty much exactly what the one in the NBA All-Star Weekend is. The Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Yes, which is where uh, NBA (laughs) players walk through a skills challenge because they are too cool to run the way it works is that there are four cones set up you have to run around the outside of the cones then you have to pass a ball through uh, a net then you get another ball you shoot a layup you take that same ball, you run to the other side of the court, and you have to hit an NBA three.
1: Which is very far compared to a high school or even a college three.
0: It is very far, and I feel like you deserve partial credit because of the fact that you and I went to your gym last week, and they have a full basketball court that also has an NBA length three, and I was taking shots from the exact spot that I ended up shooting at MSG. So I feel like that definitely helped to understand like what the the length of it was. Yeah. Now, going into this... My main goal was to not airball the three. That is, I really did. I was like, if I overshoot it, so be it. But like, I do not want to be the person that airballs uh, a three. They walk us through this whole thing. I get to meet the other guy who I'm competing against. Uh, He's actually from Kentucky, but a huge Knicks fan and in town to see, I presume, the Kentucky Knicks because they've got like, what, three or four players who went to Kentucky. We do have quite a few. Yeah. So we, we get kind of escorted back out. Now, the other thing that was cool, I got to choose which side I was on. And the other guy was a righty, Ooh. I was a lefty. So I was like, hey, can we line up in a way that like it'll be easier for both of us to shoot a layup? Very nice of you. Basically, the way it worked was that this was going to happen after the second timeout in the third quarter. And- I have never seen a basketball game go on longer without a second timeout. I'm sure it just felt that way, but we are standing uh, in that entrance, like right by where the court is. All of a sudden, I'm like just standing there waiting to go on. Liev Schreiber walks up next to me, who even in person, I can't tell if he's Ugly or really hot? It's really confusing. I was standing right next to him, and I was like, "Is does this man look like a rat, or do I want to kiss him on the mouth?" It's I really can't figure it out. So, and the whole thing is surreal. Like I'm looking around. I have never been in this part of Madison Square Garden. Um, I, I'm not a rich person. That is not a world that I live in. And just trying to like take in the moment, and also realizing that like I am going to stand on the court at Madison Square Garden. And while I am not a Knicks fan, I have been an NBA fan and a huge NBA fan for. Most of my life, I mean, from the time I was like seven or eight, it's been one of the few things I've consistently cared about. And other than the United Center, AKA Spirit Airlines Arena in the future, I can't think of anywhere that would be more meaningful to be standing on a court. Like thinking of all of the things that happened there, even the things that you probably don't want to think about, but like the Reggie Miller game, the Jordan 55 point game, wearing 45, all of the moments from the the Knicks of, of the past, the Walt Frazier Knicks, the Willis Reed Knicks, and just trying to be like, all right, I want to win this contest. I don't want to embarrass myself, but I also want to make sure to take a minute when I'm on this court to be like, this will probably never happen again. So I want to enjoy where I'm standing right now so the way it worked out was that where i lined up on the left side of the court was directly next to the knicks bench so i walk out there nice, yeah and the employee who walks me out there is like re-explaining the rules to me and as she is explaining this i notice that i'm like five feet from derrick rose and i like fully black out like i I didn't (laughs) hear a word she said i already knew how the contest worked but it was like the way they depicted in a tv show where someone's like "Hello." Hello. Like she was like, Hey, are you good? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I blacked out because I'm standing five feet from Derrick <laughs> Rose and Tom Thibodeau and Taj Gibson. And uh, also they are massive human beings. If you're that close to an NBA mm-hmm. player, it is unreasonable how large they are. So I'm standing there. Um, and it's all, it happens very quickly because there's only so much time, uh, during a timeout. So she's holding the ball. You can hear the announcer say like three, two, one, she hands it to me. And I take off in my skinny jeans and Nick shirt that they made me wear against my will. But I love that they know, made you I wear a it. shirt.
1: It's so good. It's a cool shirt, though. That they It made. is. It you is. Know.
0: If you would like an extra large Nick shirt, it's yours.
1: I already have two other ones that I have caught at arenas and I don't wear them, but I cannot <laughs> bring myself to get rid of them because I have I caught them at games. I know. And there's a part of me that's
0: like, I should just hold on to it. It's like a cool memento from a very amazing experience. So she hands me the ball. I weave through the cones pretty deftly, if I may say so myself. I pass the ball through the hole uh, on my first attempt. It was sweet. Yep, hit the layup on my first attempt. I run back to the other side. And again, my only thought process is I was like, I know I'm in the lead. I know I'm going to have at least one shot at this before the other guy shoots. Um, He was having all sorts of trouble. He like dribbled the ball off his foot. Yeah, he he was on
1: the struggle bus. You did text me all caps. You texted me that you were going to do this. And my one piece of advice was go slow. Yeah, because the only thing that ever happens is what this guy did where You try to go out of control, you dribble it off your knee or your foot or whatever. You are much better off going at half speed just to make sure you don't make a mistake. Right. Because not only is it going to take more time to pick up the ball, but you would get so much more flustered if you messed up a dribble. So I was just like, take it easy. And I'm glad my coaching came through because that other (laughs) dude did not take it easy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Set him off.
0: No, he was he was like the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) I I dribble through the cones. I make the pass. I make the layup. So now I'm running down. And again, I'm like, I just don't airball it. Do not airball it now my first shot I did actually step over the line I don't think they would have called me on it but in looking Ooh, at the now they in looking have. at the video um, I definitely had my at least one foot on the line so the first shot I overshoot I, I actually hit it off the glass and then it like glances off the right side of the rim but not a disgusting miss no 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 no. it wasn't it wasn't terrible and the other thing that's kind of cool is that if you look at that video that, that we've posted or will post on our Instagram you can see some of the Knicks players on the bench watching it which is very cool to me oh I didn't notice that I'll have to watch it like not Rose because he was in the game but some. Of the bench players right. who were just kind of.
1: Yeah, like Deuce McBride was right checking your skills.
0: That sounds like a porn star from the 70s, by the way. Deuce McBride. That's a ridiculous name.
1: He's a, one of our rookies. I hope he turns out to be good because that's a quality
0: name. It's a great name. So I missed the first shot. Now the other guy comes down. He gets a chance to shoot. So if he had made it, I would have been done. He misses and i've i was always this way playing the the game knockout like mm-hmm. it throws me off to shoot when somebody else is shooting hundred so the the guy who works for the knicks is yelling at me like shoot 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 and i was like i know what i'm doing so i wait mm-hmm. for the other guy to shoot once his ball misses i take my time line it up and uh in the immortal words of mike breen bang i want to shot my mama um. and i had thought about this before i'm not going to lie and say that it was spontaneous but I was like if I hit the shot I have to do something so I did the uh the patented LeBron James pushing the floor down that has now been co-opted by uh someone the Knicks hate Trey Young so I, I hit him with LeBron it was like a whirlwind where they the guy like grabs me and then I have to go you know look at the camera and I was wearing a mask so I couldn't really do anything but like do the thumbs up uh, I get whisked off the court, and uh, I very much wanted to go like high-five Derrick Rose, but I was told later that that would have been a real problem for them if I tried to do it. Oh, that. you
1: would have been super arrested. Yeah, I would have been like
0: tackled, <laughs> probably. Here's my favorite part, right? So the basically the way it worked is if if anybody won, the winner got $500. If nobody hit the shot, you both got 250 And I think uh, in this case, like the other guy still got that, even though I, I hit the shot.
1: And I think that's probably why they want people who are good in this case, because this is one since it's head to head. The fans want someone to win. Right. I could see them trying to get bad people for the half court shot one because it's exciting no matter what. And usually those prizes are bigger. Usually you're talking about thousands of dollars. So I think that's why they were looking for some solid basketball people because no one wants to watch two people go head to head and then just brick threes for 30 seconds.
0: Right, right, right. Or like not even get it close to the rim. And someone was saying to me, I forget if this was you or, or someone else, but basically like it's actually cooler that I got to hit an NBA three rather than a half court shot, because while it would be amazing to hit a half court shot, there's so much luck involved in that. Hitting an NBA three is like, oh, this person actually actually knows how to shoot a basketball oh
1: 100 yes 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 yes. agreed
0: and also as you said before like from the top of the key that is a long shot like you got to really put it's something into it far yeah
1: yeah it's one of those things when you look on the court you think that's not that big of a deal and then when you actually do it you go oh my god i really gotta chuck yeah, this thing yeah, 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 it yeah. is far
0: so anyway i hit the shot i get to celebrate and then they take us off the court uh the woman running the contest gets our names and, and is writing out the check and this is the funniest part to me so she writes a check to me for five hundred dollars hands it to me goes congratulations and then completely seriously goes, just wait 24 hours to cash it. And I was like, what are we doing? What James Dolan has me on layaway? What do you? You're the Knicks. So you got to move some money around. What are we doing here? I have not cashed it yet. I'm going to I'm going to deposit it today. I wanted to make sure I gave it the full 24.
1: You should do a mobile deposit so you can keep the oh Yeah, 100 percent.
0: chat 100 percent.
1: Yeah. And then you can put it up in your room or we'll put it up in the studio or something. Yeah, that's so cool. Man. Absolutely. You can now say you were paid by the New York Knicks.
0: I was paid by the New York <laughs> Knicks. And in case anyone's keeping track at home, I am a lifetime times 66.7% field goal shooter at Madison Square Garden. (laughs) And that, my friend, actually happened it
1: did and we even had a conversation about it while we were at my gym shooting you said if you had to shoot a bunch of nba3s unguarded how many do you think you could make and i think i said i would make 25 percent. and i think you said you you're a much better three point shooter than me and you said i think i would make 40 percent. and it's funny that you now shoot 50 percent from nba3
0: it's i mean <laughs> here's the thing right like first of all if i had missed the layup i never would have forgiven myself that would be so embarrassing right right that would be right even looking at the video i don't feel like it was as clean as it should have been like i hit i hit the right it was a
1: bit. bit of a goofy form, yeah. but it's okay.
0: I was I I was very nervous. How could you not be? Yeah. As for the the threes, like if I had lost a contest or whatever, it still would have been cool to be on the floor. But the fact that I actually got to hit a three at Madison Square Garden, like I will genuinely be talking about this for the rest of my life.
1: Hell yeah. It's incredible, as you should be.
0: It is my new entry into Two Truths and a Lie for my forthcoming icebreakers. That's a very, very good one.
1: But yeah, that actually happened. So cool, man.
0: Yeah, very cool. One, two, three, three, two, one, three on
1: three. Okay, so my three-on-three is far less cool, and it's a topic that has been discussed a lot on the show, and I've talked in smatterings here and there about it, but I figured we should have a segment to get it out all in the open, and it should be completely there. So here are the three times that i got into trash talking related altercations playing pickup three times when it was my fault and three times when it
0: was not my fault (laughs) what are you do you do you have like a journal
1: (laughs) i don't have a journal but i have a memory and i know there have been three particular instances where i have been offered do you want to take this outside and i have respectfully declined all three of them
0: although during covid safer
1: place to fight (laughs) so i will go through this much quicker but uh do you want the three times it was my fault or it wasn't my fault first let's
0: Start with when it wasn't your fault, and then okay. when it was. This is so funny to me. Like I, 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 want to imagine that like after we played last week, you were just like writing with your quill pen. Like Adam pushed off during the second possession of the game. <laughs> I'll never forgive it
1: No, we played a very, a very, very clean we game. Did. Okay, so the number three time it wasn't my fault. This is the cloudiest of the memories because I tried to keep it out of my mind because the the person who was arguing with me used some sort of ableist language towards me saying that I had some sort of mental issue mm. more so than just saying are you crazy but he I he might have used the R word I don't know exactly what he said but it was something to the effect of once he said this me and the friend who I was there playing pickup with we were like hey do you want to leave after the next game because if this is the type of person we're playing against no way he, this one was not my fault because the reason he was just upset is because I was Playing hard defense, which I totally do, and it can be very annoying. And sure, sometimes it could be considered fouls, or at least people think I'm fouling. And I always just reiterate this to people, and it never makes the situation better. Is I will just say, just call a foul in a very like calm voice. If someone's saying you're pushing too hard or whatever, I'll say, just call a foul. That's why it's there. You can just call a foul. And if someone calls a foul on something that I'm doing, I will stop doing the thing. But I found that people like to complain about someone playing hard defense more so than just call the actual rule of the game against them like people would rather like whine about it than just do the thing that solves the problem but yeah i I was playing hard defense he said something and then i was like uh okay sir this is the type of human that i am dealing with and then we left after the next round because Why
0: bother? I absolutely do not want to defend someone who would use that word. But I I will say in pickup land, if you call fouls, people shit all over you. So I can understand the hesitation to be like, well, I'd rather you just like not play me as tight. I totally agree with your standpoint. Uh, The only issue that I have in pickup is when someone like intentionally fouls me just so that I don't hit the shot. And I'm like, that's just it's bush league. We're not shooting free throws here. Like go for the ball. Yes. Don't like when when it's game point and someone just like bear hugs you. I'm like, don't do that that.
1: Right. That's the thing. I never do that because, yeah, it's unsportsmanlike. And I also never do the thing where if you are just trying to foul someone so that they miss, that's where you get into dangerous territory. 100%. That's where you get into people are going to get hurt territory. Yep. And I pride myself on never doing those things. Yes, I say mean things, uh, but I never like say uncharacteristically or uncomfortably mean things where I'm like, oh, I bet you're a disappointment to your father. Uh, It's more of just like if someone misses a shot by a lot, I will just say like, oh, almost things like that. (laughs) Uh, But I don't, you know do anything yeah. where I'm like actively hurting someone and I'm a trash talker, but I am not a dirty player. And I think that distinction must be made very clear.
0: That's a, that's a very important distinction. Yeah, yes. for
1: sure. I, I am rude, but I am not dirty. <laughs> so that's number three. Pick up that t-shirt at the
0: uh, horse merch store. <laughs> I'm rude, but I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not dirty.
1: <laughs> I feel like that could also be a great like Nicki Minaj song oh, yeah. or something. So number two, this one was incredibly surprising to me. First off, I was playing at my friend's court and it was a church league thing it's one of those mega churches in texas i don't know if these have ever existed in a place where you live but in texas there are these churches that are absolutely gigantic and then there are these huge like think joel osteen who does preside in the place where the houston rockets used to play no joke but also fuck joel osteen the most (laughs) he refused to open his doors to people when there was awful flooding in Houston, and he got bullied so hard on social media that he did it and has done it anytime any sort of hurricane or something has come through Houston. But fuck Joel Osteen. It's one of those mega churches where they have all these big complexes because then they do like after school activities or youth group, whatever. So they had multiple basketball courts, you know, like a church should have. (laughs) And on certain weekdays, they would do open court for people who go to the church. My friend Rich did, and he brought me as a friend. So we went. It's just like standard pickup. And the way the teams worked out is we didn't have a lot of big guys on our team i'm six feet tall so i'm like tall but not a center traditionally but i have no problem guarding the biggest guy in the court because i like to play defense and i don't care if i use all of my energy playing defense and none of it playing offense. So I was like, yeah, I'll guard this big guy. This dude was probably at least six, four. He was huge. Mm-hmm. And because he was so much bigger than me and he was very much trying to crowd on the basket, just get rebounds and stuff. I just had to box him out. And I, the only way I could do this is to use a low center of gravity and get very low and box him out. Everything I did was within the rules. I was just doing literally the only thing I could do to prevent him from getting rebounds, which was getting super low and boxing him out. And one time he tried to like, try to go over my back kind of thing, mm-hmm. very much embellishing it. And And then he pushed me and then asked me, do you want to take this outside? And I was like, no. What, to a church parking lot? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, no, you are so much. I don't don't think I said this. I was just like, no way. Do you want to take this outside
0: where God can't see it? (laughs) It's
1: like, I do not want to do this because this is ridiculous. But also, you will destroy me. And it's just I know. And I think I said, like, this is all I can do to box you out. And he just got very upset. And then, like, there were two courts and then he just went to the other court just so that we could never cross paths, which I was like, this is fine. But also, I didn't do anything mean or say anything to this dude. It was literally just there's one way that I can box you out and it's getting very low. And I'm sorry, but that's all (laughs) I can do here, sir. So number one is another one that surprised me because I really didn't try to do this. And if this guy's listening, I promise I didn't try to do this. So there's a thing in basketball. Sometimes players will do this intentionally. Other times they don't mean it. But people will stick a foot underneath someone as they are shooting a jump shot so that when they land, they land on the defender's foot and then you roll your ankle and it's bad news. And it's a horrible thing. It's dirty. Sometimes it can happen accidentally. You just don't notice. Other times people do it intentionally and it's gross and it's horrible. So I was playing pickup in Seattle and this guy, he had already been yapping a lot during the game. I wasn't really guarding him a lot during it, but I did this time because of a pick and a switch and the thing. He went up for a shot. I contested it. He missed it. I don't think he said anything in the moment, but then the next time we were down there, he fouled me really hard. Like I went up for a life and he like straight up pushed me. Two hand, full force push. I just was very surprised in turn. I was like, what was that for? Because I didn't know what was going on. And then he was saying that I intentionally stuck my foot underneath him. And I dropped any sort of anger and went purely into just like genuine mode where I was like, I am so sorry. I did not mean to do this. And the play had continued. So I was like running back like saying like i really i'm so sorry if i had my foot there like i would never do that to anyone i'm i really didn't mean it and he just like kept saying stuff to me like he thought i was lying or, or bsing him or whatever and i just kept being like no dude really i would never do that to anyone that is horrible like that is so dirty if i did it unintentionally i'm really sorry like i'll be more conscious of where my feet are i really didn't try to do it and i guess he just thought i was putting on an act here because then he like pushed me again off ball and then said do you want to effing go outside and i said no <laughs> i don't i want to stay inside and get along that's what i, I said i was. Like, Like no, I want to stay inside again. I think I think I said something to the effect of like no, I just I want to stay inside. I want to keep playing. I'm sorry. And it got to the point where like people on his team like grabbed him and did the hold me back to him. It it was very much like this dude was furious and. I really did not try to, I don't, I don't think my foot was under him. He didn't land on my yeah. foot. So he was just saying like, it was close to it, but it was one of the things where the eight other people on the court were like, yeah, that is not your fault. And yeah. apparently this guy had, like had problems before, but he was so upset that they, I, I don't know if they like made him leave or if they just made him sit out or whatever. It, he got so upset for something. I really didn't think I did or certainly didn't try to
0: do. I had a similar thing happen in a pickup game with like a bunch of people that I knew where this one guy accused me of under him and it was like a a dangerous fall like he went up for a rebound and i i like clipped his legs and he fell and was like freaking out at me and it was dangerous but obviously it wasn't intentional and like everybody on the court was like dude like adam is the nicest guy we know do you really think he's trying to break your arm playing pickup basketball like it was unfortunate but it was not intentional
1: yeah so that was that was very surprising but thankfully i had the support of the other people playing okay so now the three times it was my fault
0: here Uh, we go spice it up
1: (laughs) So this time it didn't lead to any sort of altercation, but this was one of the times I like very intentionally was mean because it served a huge advantage. So this was my freshman year at Rice. We were in the freshman basketball tournament, and this was the championship game. The other team had this point guard who... I could just tell was timid bringing the ball up. Like you can just tell when a guy isn't super confident in his ball handling abilities. There were times where I was guarding him. There was times where one of my teammates was guarding him and he just was one of those guys where like the second he crossed half court, he was looking to pass it to someone else because he just didn't feel very confident. So I just started reiterating to my teammate who was guarding him. He's scared. He's scared. Guard him harder. He's scared. And he (laughs) was scared and he turned the ball over like five times in a row to the point eventually where he was no longer bringing the ball up anymore. So that was probably like one of the the rudest times I was there but like it was a championship game we ended up winning which was great
0: and as you've said before and as you'll say again you're rude but you're not dirty
1: exactly and but i I did feel bad because like he was scared and then me saying he's scared loudly in a, <laughs> in a game where there were a lot of college kids watching like didn't help the situation oh, which of course bully. then helped our situation yes yeah, so that was the only time I was like truly a bully to someone he was like a perfectly nice kid at rice and I don't know if he like remembers it or whatever but like we had other interactions beyond fresh year where it was fine, but I always remember just like being kind of, I, I feel kind of bad about it, but like, look, we won. <laughs> so you got to do what you got to do. Second time. I think I've probably discussed this on horse, but just in case I haven't, it should be out there. This was in fourth grade. I was playing in a league. It wasn't for my school team, but my school had an intramural league where all the games were at my school in the gym mm-hmm. and anyone in the area could play. We were playing and there was this kid on the other team named Matt and he was one of those kids who was five foot whatever in fourth grade, which is the equivalent of being like a seven footer. Like He was literally a foot taller than anyone else on the court and his offensive game would literally just be stand underneath the rim and just kind of keep throwing it and catching rebounds until it went in like terrible shooting percentage, but would put up great numbers because he would just get every rebound. We at least the players on my team, we didn't know this kid personally because he didn't go to my school or was on any of my other sports teams. We called him Skyscraper because he was just so tall. Which like of all the like bullying nicknames like kind of a compliment. Like it's not like yeah. we called him anything mean, but he was just super tall. You call him you call him the Willis Tower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. His parents call him the Sears Tower still. Um but he was doing the opening tip off. You know, you all stand around in a circle when it's the opening tip off. And when you play like fourth grade basketball, usually what happens, it's not like the NBA where you kind of alternate. What I found in early basketball is usually all of one team stands on one side Mm -hmm. and all of the other team stands on the other side. And then you just try to tip it directly backwards. And that's it. It's just like the easier way.
0: Also, the refs are terrible at throwing the ball straight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's just like the
1: easier way for younger basketball is just like all of your friends are behind you. So just tip it backwards. But there's no rule against going on the other side, much like there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> so I stood on the other side and I was the only person not on his team on the other side and he was all lined up for the tip and I walked up behind him and I said, hey, Matt, just tip it straight back. I'm right here. And without turning around he said, okay. I was directly behind him and none of his teammates were like super next to me. He tips it straight back to me. I catch it and then I have the, the biggest head start to the rim. All I got to do is turn around, dribble twice, make a layup. Now here's where the true problem was. I did run back on defense laughing because it worked and this was not like a forced laugh to try to make this guy feel bad it was genuinely like I can't believe this worked (laughs) it was an evil laugh it was yeah I was yeah I genuinely just like I cannot believe this actually worked and then later in the game I was near where he was under the hoop and he did punch me in the face Mm. but credit to him it was there was such a group of people fighting for the rebound because when you're fourth grade it's like a mess of basketball yeah. like a, such clumping of bodies he punched me in the face no ref saw it uh and no foul was wow. called at all like not even a regular foul so like credit to him he waited for the right moment
0: there was no uh replay infrastructure for fourth grade basketball? nothing at
1: all no my, my dad the coach couldn't challenge it but yeah your dad is
0: a joel i like much more than joel austin <laughs>
1: good the good joel but yes uh punch in the face for For sure. Deserved. I think certainly deserved.
0: Yeah, you shouldn't punch someone in the face, but I will say that is akin to when someone in pickup calls for the ball when they're not on your team. They're like here, 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 oh, and then yes. oh, they catch it and God, score, and it's, and it's like I guess it's gamesmanship, but I'm like, is that really how you want to win?
1: In pickup, it's not fair because there's not uniforms, and you've met your teammates 15 yeah. seconds ago. At least in this game, we had all our uniforms. I really thought when I said it, he was going to turn around and be like, "Ha ha ha! You're on the blue team," but he didn't.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, I know you got to get to your first one. I have had numerous turnovers in leagues. Due to colorblindness. There are times where it's like Mm. the blue team versus the purple team. And I'm like, everyone here looks exactly the same.
1: That's my colorblindness. I'm red, green, color division, but I can't distinguish between blue and purple. I've
0: passed to the wrong person. That's wild. I think
1: every, every pickup league should just be, you get a black and white reversible penny. And then one team's a white team and one team's a black team. That should be every single pickup. That
0: is a great idea. I, I, one
1: league that I did was that. And I was like, why is not every league this? This should just be it. All right. Number one, this one was, it was my fault that the person responded this way, but I do think his response was unwarranted. So this was at Rice University, my senior year, and we were just playing pickup. I was playing against this guy who he's one of those pickup guys that likes to shoot a lot, but isn't that good. Like he looks like he should be really good because he was tall and very much in shape, but like basketball just isn't his sport. I was guarding him. He kept shooting threes and he kept missing them. He missed, I believe three in a row. And then I to the point where, okay, you've missed three in a row. I'm better off rather than guarding you. I'm better off just trying to get the rebound. Mm-hmm. So when he would go up for the shot, I would purposely not go out to contest it. And to make sure that my teammates didn't waste their energy trying to contest it, I would just say, leave it, leave it, leave it. So that, you know, if he shoots fine, but like he's missed three consecutive threes quite badly, it's not worth guarding. Mm-hmm. Now, also, I'm saying this because it is never fun when you've missed three shots for someone to then voice out loud, this person is not very good at what they're trying Trying to do So it was certainly intentional on in my point, but it was also strategic of like, hey, everyone on my team, don't worry about this box out and get the rebound. Right. He then proceeded to miss three more in a row where I said, leave it, leave it, leave it every time. Then he goes up for a seventh one. And I said, leave it, leave it, leave it. He made the shot. And then we were both running back and he turned to me and he said, leave that bitch. Congrats on your one for seven. I literally said you're one for seven. (laughs) This guy like was a jerk. I knew him in school. He was, you know, one of those like classic, like Party kids who's like too cool for school at Rice University, nerdy ass school. He's like, I'm cool. The
0: sort of person who would be psyched about the change to crypto.com.
1: Oh, he'd love it. Yeah. I'm with 100% certainty. This guy's a crypto guy. <laughs> um But the, the problem was later on, I ended up working for an engineering company. And when I first went to orientation, there were 40 new hires and we were all fresh out of college. And there was one other person from Rice that I knew, Agar. And I was like, Oh, Agar, I didn't realize you were working for this company. She was like, Yeah so cool and then she was like oh there's there's another person for right ice here do you know and i'll just give this guy a fake name um do you know robert and i was like no i, I don't think i know robert and then i saw him across the room and I was like, oh no, it's leave that bitch. (laughs) And I was like, I hope that this guy does not remember me. Thankfully he was a business school track person and I was a engineering track person at this company. So we didn't really interface a lot, but yeah. uh, And if there's any other thing that I can leave this to show that this guy was in the wrong here, he would iron his button down shirts, his business casual shirts so that they would display open. Like he Uh, ironed them open and then would unbutton the first two or three buttons that kind of human being so yeah certainly my fault that that i was provoking this guy but i don't know that the response was warranted especially given that he was one of seven
0: well let's hope that he is better at his job than he is at shooting threes
1: yes and that concludes three on three where i say the the times where it wasn't wasn't my fault i'll extend this to a five on five and try to remember other times <laughs> i was
0: mean and no one's gonna fact check you out you can just make them up <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses hosted by MSG skills competition winner Adam Amuala <laughs> and regular schlub Mike Schubert. Our editor is Misha Stanton. More like Mike Schlubbert. <laughs> oh! Our music is by Bettina Kappamanis the art is by Allison Wickman and the website is by Kelly Schubert. I also do the social media but I didn't win the skills competition so who cares?
0: <laughs> Thank you to our producer level patrons Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley Adam Hartwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process Siobhan Ellsbury, shoo bee doo Godzilla Got Busy Steph Curry for three, He Sells Seashells, Leron James, <laughs> Matt Parker. NBA legend Robert Zachary No Jazz No Pizza Eileen Kazesh Avatar Kyoshi, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls Anna Borgeli Mitch Kreisler Bang! Bang! Brown Men Can Jump Jimmy Butler for 2 Long Suffering Timberwolves Fan Roast Beef Debris Kay the Conqueror Basketball's Life 2 Michaela Loves Allison Ginger Spurs Boy Denver Steamed Nuggets and breezes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because
1: Horse Hoops lost to Adam in the skills competition. That
0: guy had Shouldn't the Horse Hoops handle and
1: they said, wow, man, you you dribbled off your leg. <laughs> we got to delete your Twitter Should account. Have listened to
0: Shoobs. <laughs> Check out our website, horsehoops.com, for links to some of the stuff we talked about today, including more information about Robert Sarver, Chris Paul, aka Christ Paul, undressing Anthony Edwards on a wild (laughs) fake, and much more.
1: Yes, and if you want to support the show on Patreon, you can hear us say your name every episode. You can get a jersey like Teal had. You can get stickers, a whole bunch of fun stuff at patreon.com slash horsehoops. There's also bonus content. I do think a fun overtime for this one is I did not do a skills competition at MSG, but I did once quote unquote win the dance cam, and I think that could be a fun (laughs) overtime. Maybe that'll be our next overtime. But you can check all that out at patreon.com slash horse hoops. And we will close this episode out as we do every episode by saying something on the count of three. I think we should give you love for something on the count of three. Maybe like bang. How about
0: how about this? This is what we're going to do. All right. We're going to honor Marv Albert with a uh, this is how it's going to go. Mama Walla for three. Yes.
1: OK, we'll do that on the count of three. So one, two, three. Mama, Mama Walla, Walla for, for three? three. Yes. yes! gosh your marv albert is so good i wish he was a better person
0: (laughs) i love the understated marv too uh mama Walla for three yes
1: yeah that's the first quarter then the second quarter is yes the third quarter is yes and the fourth quarter is
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) all right see you next time everybody